Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good afternoon, DMV. How's everybody doing today? We are broadcasting live on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980 on your AM-FM dial. We're on the Odyssey app, and we are on the streams at thefandc.com and theteam980.com. However, you're tuned in to us this afternoon. We appreciate you hanging out with us for just a bit. I am Danny Noakes. We got our guy Mike Marr in studio producing the show. And we're with you until 3 p.m. today. Got a great show, a lot of college football just kicking off right now. We're going to keep an eye on some of those games that kicked off at noon. You got another one between UVA and an ACC foe coming up at 2 that we'll peek at as well. But it's always hard to follow a legend like Doc Walker, isn't it? Man, great show from Doc. We're coming on the heels of that. Had a couple of Washington greats on the show between Kedrick Golston and Doug Williams. Wow. Love you, Doc. That was a great show, and we continued the Commander's Talk here today. 800-636-1067. It's the BetQL Guest Hotline. We will open the phone lines here in a couple of minutes, but we jump into the action today on the precipice of what is, in my opinion, the best month of the sports calendar year. I have a feeling that a lot of you out there will agree with this, and tomorrow is October 1st. It's already officially fall. But there's always a, a little bit of a debate, right? Which sport month of the calendar year is the best? I think other than October, your other contenders would be March and April near the top. Of course, you have March Madness. In April, you get the national championship game in basketball. You also get the Masters. Major League Baseball season is starting up. But why is October so special? Well, I think it's pretty obvious, isn't it, right? The intersection of college football, the NFL, and the Major League Baseball playoffs. Yeah. Now, we all know college football and the NFL are starting to ramp up this time of year, right? you got about a month of games under your belt. Start to figure out who's for real and who's not. And then you've got the Major League Baseball playoffs, right? And to the MLB's credit, by the way, speeding up the games this year with the pitch clock really seems to have worked. There's more urgency, and there have been, has been for the 162-game regular season that's going to wrap up over the next 24 hours. 
but there's always more urgency when you get to the postseason anyway. And Nats fans who have been along for the rides in 2019 and going back even further, 2012, 2014, 16, 17, you guys all know what hanging on every single pitch of the MLB postseason is like. So October, for me, special time of year. It's the best month of the year in terms of the sports calendar, right? You've also just got the beautiful weather where it's finally starting to cool off. There's a little bit of a nip in the air when you step out, right? You woke up this morning, maybe feel that crisp fall air hit your lungs, and you just think to yourself, yeah, it's time. It's time to really get things going now because football's in full swing. Major League Baseball is about to crank it into overdrive. And for the Washington Commanders, they enter week four, their fourth game of the season, their first divisional matchup of the season in a big spot where they need to respond after getting absolutely pummeled by the Buffalo Bills last weekend. And final score to that game, 37-3. to Going into the fourth quarter, Washington did not seem like they were going to get boat raced as the final score ultimately did indicate. And for me, the concern was not as much that the Bills did manhandle the commanders, but more so the commanders are making a lot of self-inflicted mistakes. And just listening to this station throughout the week, listening to some of your calls, more of which we will take throughout today's show, it does seem like there's a little bit of panic that's creeping into the fan base this week. And a lot of that, I think, is understandable, right? Because I think it doesn't matter who beats you. But when you go down by that much, 37 to 3, like last week, you have to come back out. You have to respond. You got to show some fight, right? A little bit of tenacity, a little, little feistiness. And with all that being said, I had a hard time believing that the commanders would ultimately beat the Buffalo Bills, even at home, right? We're talking about Buffalo, who's probably one of the best four teams in the AFC, at least, right? And maybe they're not quite as strong, or at least out to as strong a start, as they were last year, or maybe for the last couple of years. But this is still a very formidable football team led by Josh Allen. Turnover machine, Josh Allen. But the commanders aren't on the Bills' level just yet, right? Doesn't mean they couldn't have beat them, but Washington's two wins this year to get to 2-0 and were against bad teams, right? Arizona, who, to, to their credit, they, they've played a lot better than people thought that they would with Josh Dobbs at quarterback. They already have an upset of uh, for themselves under their belt. And then everyone's kind of trying to figure out what's going on there in Denver, who has one of, if not the, the worst defense in the league, alongside Chicago probably. And, you know, for all the flack that Russell Wilson catches, his statistics this year are actually among the top quarterbacks in the league. He's definitely in the higher part of the, the if you're splitting the quarterbacks into two halves, what the expectations would be for for those guys going forward. So I I don't think it's time to panic just yet for for Washington Commanders fans, for the team. Now, there shouldn't be panic, but that doesn't mean that there also shouldn't be, we talked about a sense of urgency just a couple of minutes ago, just that for the Commanders going into this road matchup, a divisional game against Philadelphia. And the, the Eagles are a similar team to Buffalo in that, we're talking about a team that's defending NFC champions. Somehow, only got better this offseason with the additions that they made, right? Drafting a couple of guys out of the two-time defending national champion Georgia Bulldogs. And the Eagles are probably going to end up right back in the NFC championship game 
maybe even against San Francisco in a rematch of last year, unless someone upsets them along the way. A lot of football left to be played. Detroit was a team on Thursday night. We watched beat Green Bay on the road at Lambeau Field. And they could come up and surprise some people as we move through on out the season. But on paper, the commanders don't really have a lot of business winning this game. And that's why everybody's picking against them. But that doesn't mean that there can't be some progress. And we've seen in the past how the commanders can come into a game as major underdogs and find a way to win. That was the game against the Eagles in Philadelphia last year. So there's more than just some hope. And if you spent some time listening to Doc Walker for the first three hours of our local coverage here on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980 today, he was talking about having some dogs out there and going out and making some plays, right? You're talking about a divisional opponent. And in divisional games in the National Football League, a lot of times records go out the window, statistics go out the window. (laughs) I mean, I think we've been watching these two franchises go head-to-head long enough to know that upsets happen and and more frequently than you think. And a lot of times it just comes down to the team that better executes, less turnovers, less mistakes. And so I think that's the main thing that you have to see more of in this Commanders game, this matchup in the division against Philadelphia this weekend. There's been a ton of debate, and and we can continue to talk about it throughout the show today too, about where the commander's problems truly lie on offense with regard to how many sacks they're taking is it on the offensive line or is it just on Sam Howell who's been holding on to the ball for too long I think there's probably some blame to go around for both but when you stop and you start to look at some of these numbers well Sam Howell's kind of had this problem dating back to his days as the starting quarterback for the University of North Carolina so that will be up to Eric Bieniemy the offensive coordinator, to try and put Sam Howell in some positions to get him the ball out quicker. All right? That's sometimes easier said than done. But you got to scheme some plays up to get the ball out a little bit quicker, find some check downs underneath, right? Figure out some ways that you could get Sam Howell some easy completions as a team like Philadelphia is really going to bring the pressure. I, I just watching them play last week. It was, I mean, they they were almost running free to the quarterback. So there's obviously got to be a big change going into this week. And the Commanders' offensive line, for for all the criticism that they get, and and some of it is warranted. I, I do think that they've actually been improved coming into this season. And this is going to be their toughest ch- their toughest test yet. Buffalo, a very good team. Buffalo does not have the defense that the Philadelphia Eagles do. That front seven. Just a ton of speed, a ton of tenacity, very good at getting after the passer. It's going to be a lot of pass rush throughout this game. So I, I think one of the best things that you can do, if you're Eric Brandy, be enemy, the offensive coordinator here, talk about scheming some plays for how to get the ball out early, maybe check some plays down underneath, get some easy completions. Well, I think there's obviously another big thing that the commanders can do to control this game. And that's run the football. And that's probably the most old-fashioned approach that you can take, but it's true. When you got someone like Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, who, despite an early fumble this year in that Arizona game, has responded pretty nicely. And with the offensive line playing relatively well, it's a good opportunity to build on 
some of the success that you've had. But when you come off a 37-3 to loss, you're licking your wounds a little bit. Yeah. You, you have to come out and respond, especially against a divisional foe. I, I was listening to the Junkies yesterday, and they had Ross Tucker on, as, as they often do. And they were talking about this matchup between the Commanders and the Eagles. And there was a question about moral victories, right? If the Commanders don't come away with a win on Sunday, are there, would there be any positives that you could take from a divisional loss to Philadelphia? And the answer, the short answer, was yes, that there actually was. A lot of folks don't believe in moral victories. That's fine. You either win or you lose. You either get a W or an L. That's fair, because that's true. The reality is that's true. When it comes to your win and loss record, where it puts you within the, the scope of trying to chase the division or trying to chase a playoff spot and later on more than that if, if you're one of the contenders. But this is a spot that the commanders just really have to show some improvement, I think. It's, it, it's not like they were ever going to be favored to win these games against Buffalo and Philadelphia. It's not that they can't steal one either. Keep calling back the attention to last year's game in Philadelphia. Primetime matchup. Not a soul in America, <laughs> many Commanders fans included, thought that they would come away with that game. They got some lucky breaks. Philadelphia also made some pretty big mistakes in that game. And some of Philadelphia's weaknesses, very few of which there were, were actually exposed. So it comes down to whether or not the Commanders here can, can execute. And if you can execute, if you can control the tempo of this game by running the football, getting the ball out quicker, and, and scheming up plays so that Sam Howell can do just that, I think you're going to be there at the end of the game. Will they win? Who's to say? But you play turnover-free football, you play good defense, you control the tempo. Those are some pretty obvious ways that you put yourself in a position to at least be there at the end of the game. So we got to step aside. We'll take our first break. We got plenty more to get into today, ladies and gentlemen. We can take some calls on the other side of the break, 800-636-1067. What do you want to see improve the most coming into this Week 4 matchup for the Commanders against the Philadelphia Eagles? Coming up at the bottom of the hour, around 1230, we'll dive into some college football. We've got USC and Colorado who just kicked off. We'll do a scoreboard check up there, and we'll look at some of the other big matchups across the college football slate that we got going on today as well. Keep it locked. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan and the Team 9-8. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are live on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980 this afternoon. Thanks for being with us. I'm Danny Noakes. We got Mike Marr in studio producing the show. 800-636-1067 if you want to jump in on the conversation. We're talking little commanders as we preview their matchup with the Philadelphia Eagles up in Philadelphia this weekend. First divisional game for the commanders this season. 800-636-1067. Heading over to the best Q- BetQL guest hotline. Let's welcome in Andy, who's calling in from Sterling. Andy, thanks for the call this morning. How's it going? Good afternoon, Danny. It's, uh, it's going all right. Hey, man, my biggest beef with the Commanders is I'm really getting sick and tired of sports writers, uh, local sports writers, uh, telecasters on the on the on the uh, uh, the game coverage keep on referring to the Commanders' defensive line as being elite. They bring up the fact mm-hmm. that you've got four number ones on that line and how, uh, for some reason, they've got this elevated status, which I don't think they deserve. Uh, they show up in one game, like in Denver, and then they're totally non-existent in the game against Buffalo. I think they gave uh, Josh Allen a clean pocket just about every time. They didn't really put any pressure on him. They didn't sack him one time. Uh, poor Hal seemed like he was under a, you know, granted, Hal threw some unadvised interceptions, but I think he was under constant pressure the whole time. As far as the offensive play calling, I thought for a while there that Scott Turner was back calling the plays. I could not believe that the enemy would not stick to the running game and continued to throw pass after pass after pass, seeing how poor, uh, poor uh, Howell was being rushed relentlessly and getting clobbered. For the life of me, I don't understand why they don't stick with the running game first. You know, maybe do some rollouts, maybe do some quicker passes. But if they mm-hmm. continue down this path, Hal is not going to make it past the fourth uh, game of the season. What do you think, buddy? I'm, yeah, I'm with you, Andy. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying there. Two main points here from our guy Andy in Sterling, which are the commander's defensive line. It gets talked about a lot. There are four first-round draft picks on that defensive line, but they don't always live up to the billing. That's a it's a very fair point. And, you know, there have been, I guess, flashes where, you know, we saw Montez Sweat and Chase Young meet up at the quarterback a couple of weeks ago, and that was all well and good. It was really exciting. But it is kind of puzzling that there isn't quite the same consistent, I don't want to say effort, but the same sort of production out of a unit that has a lot invested into it. And I still think Allen and Payne are really the heart and soul of it. They're, they're the two best defensive players and the two best players on the defensive line itself. But, uh, you know, the defense is also 
going to get the least benefit of the doubt, as they should, because you look at Ad Emanuel Forbes on, onto the heap of that unit as well, another first-round pick. They're littered with first-round picks, and I want to pull the information up right here. As a unit, the commander's defense overall is ranked 14th. They're 22nd against the rush and 13th against the pass. They are the 27th best scoring defense. So those aren't good numbers overall. The defense is in the top half of the league, but that shouldn't be the standard. They should definitely be with all of the good players they have on the defense in the top 10 for most of, if not all of those statistics, but uh, maybe even closer to the top five when you consider how much has been invested in there. And, and then Andy also brought up the fact that the, the offense seemed to go limp or just feel completely inept when it got inside the red zone last week. And, and I have to agree because there were at least three times that they got into the red zone and, and weren't able to come away with the touchdown. And there were a couple of turnovers in there as well. Some bad how plays. And it goes back to what I think the best thing the commanders can do going into this game against Philadelphia is what they should have been doing in that game against Buffalo when they got into the red zone. What Andy was saying, just stick to running the football. You know, you, Buffalo's defensive line isn't as tough as the defensive line that you're about to go up against in Philadelphia. I mean, Jalen Carter last week was just absolutely a, a terror in, in the backfield for Philly as they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay, by the way, who is better out the gate than a lot of teams probably thought that they would be coming into the season as well. So... I like it. Feel free to hit us up. We've got more calls to take, 800-636-1067. What do you want to see improve the most? What's your biggest concern? What are you most excited about? If you want to take the positive spin on Sunday's game, 1 o'clock kickoff in Philadelphia tomorrow, the Eagles and the Commanders, first divisional game for Washington. They've got to respond. That The biggest thing for me is you have to come out and you have to fight. Even if they go and they lose this game, you fall to 2-2, two and two, season's far from over. And, and and two and two coming out of the first four games, I think you would take that if you just looked at the 17 games that they were going to play before this season started. You would take two and two, right? Beating Arizona, beating Denver, two teams on paper, not very good. And then two favorites on each side of, of their respective conferences, Buffalo in the AFC and Philadelphia in the NFC. But it, all of that to say that the we're not trying to make excuses here, okay? Washington got their butts kicked last week. And now you come into a divisional game where you have to show up. you got to fight. And I expect that to be the case uh, against the Eagles on, on Sunday. I really do. I expect them to come out. And this is a nine-point spread the last I, I looked at it. Eagles are laying nine points in this game. I think that we could we could see a, a, a very close matchup here. Something, some, something weird, because I expect it to be a physical football game. I, I think that the defensive line will rise to the challenge against this Eagles unit. And you're probably going up against the best offensive line in football. I don't think we even mentioned that. I mean, when you talk about guys like Jason Kelsey and, you know, Lane, that, that is a very solid unit. On top of the fact that Jalen Hurts at quarterback is, a, a, you know, he's he's got the added dimension with his legs. He is, is, you know, a budding superstar if he isn't already with an appearance in the Super Bowl last year. But, you know, watching their game against Tampa Bay, given there was some torrential downpours throughout that matchup, but three touchdowns, three picks on the year for Jalen Hurts. I wouldn't say that he hasn't looked like the Jalen Hurts of old. 
But I, I think if you could force Jalen Hurts to do one thing, it's to beat you through the air. Now, he can. I'm not saying that he can't because he is a good quarterback, and he's among the top quarterbacks in the league for a reason. But if you were going to force them to be one-dimensional, it would be in that regard because they can run the football this year behind the best offensive line in the NFL and DeAndre Swift coming into the fold. And, and even when they throw Kenneth Gainwell out there, they're effective. So I think a lot the, the key matchup of this game on Sunday is probably Washington's defensive line versus Philly's offensive line. And, and that shouldn't be a big surprise because on paper, those are the two best units for each of these teams coming into this matchup. And that's saying a lot for Philadelphia because, as we said, they've got a pretty darn good defensive line as well. 800-636-1067, BetQL guest hotline. You can hit us up. We're going to take another break. And when we come back, we got some college football matchups to dive into. There has been a score in the USC-Colorado game. We will talk about that matchup. They kicked off at noon and look ahead to some of the other good college football games that we've got going on throughout the day. Keep it locked. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Danny Noakes rocking with you on a college football Saturday right here on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980. we got our guy Mike Marr in studio producing the show. A lot to get to over the next two and a half hours. Yes, we're with you until three today, leading you into our buddy Toby Altizer. we got a lot of football to talk. We've done some NFL previewing the Commanders matchup with the Philadelphia Eagles, a one o'clock kickoff for a divisional matchup up in Philly tomorrow afternoon. I know we're all going to be locked in on that. But today, really in each time slot, you got the noon, the 3.30, and the primetime games. You've got some entertainment, some good matchups in each of them. So the first game that we're keeping an eye on right now that kicked off at noon, number 8 USC at Colorado, right? The Trojans led by Caleb Williams and the Colorado Buffaloes led by head coach Deion Sanders and his son Shador Sanders at quarterback, who is a perfect nine of nine to start the game, but it's Colorado who finds themselves 
in a 7-0 hole. 9.20 to go in the first quarter. Lloyd ran one in from 27 yards out for a touchdown to give the Trojans an early 7-0 lead. And so that is where we stand at the moment. We'll check back in on the score for this one a little bit later on, but I want to bring in my producer, Mike, here to chat with him a little bit because I know Mike's a big college football guy like myself. And Mike, before we get to talking about USC Colorado, maybe some of the other fun matchups that we've got uh, today, I I did want to get your thoughts on what we were talking about in the first segment. Is October the best month on the sporting calendar? Oh, yeah, a thousand percent. I mean, hockey's just around the corner starting October 9th. Uh, You know, NBA's Mm. about to start firing back up. You know, football's, you know, right around week four, week five, college football week six. I mean, this is the prime time for sports, uh, you know, out of the 12 months. Yeah, I, I think that really only March and April have a decent case to make against the month of October. And and Mike, I'm glad you mentioned both the NHL and the NBA starting up because I, it's my fault to somehow slipped my mind and those weren't in my notes because yes you you pretty much have every major sport in action during the month of october so so that's part of what makes it so special but like obviously you have been watching the colorado buffaloes like the rest of the nation has and the enigma that Deion sanders is and the highlights that they've created and also some of the noise that they have created as well. So now at three and one down seven, nothing to USC. I'm curious as to what you think about these Buffaloes, whether or not they're for real. I think that Dion has done a great job, obviously sort of flipping the roster, you know, North of 80 new players on this team. They've already won more games than they did last year, but obviously he draws a lot of attention to himself and not all of it is good. Yeah. I mean, you know, Deion Sanders has those guys ready to play, but that being said, I mean, they're missing their superstar, Travis Hunter. He just brings confidence and moxie right. to the locker room that they're just, they missed last week and, uh, you know, early on in the game so far, but it looks like they're missing them again or missing him again this week. Yeah, and, and they're also missing Shiloh Sanders. He is not on the field today for the Colorado Buffaloes. He's got 26 tackles on the year of force fumble, had that 80 yard interception return earlier this year. And, and as Mike mentioned, Colorado without cornerback, a stud at cornerback, and also the guy that moonlights every now and then at wide receiver, Travis Hunter, a two-way player. He got knocked out of the Colorado State game a few weeks ago on what was no doubt a a cheap shot, a late hit, and the debate around whether or not that was uh, actually what someone meant to do, I think, is is a conversation that could be worth having. But it's weeks in the past at this point. Hunter's not playing. It's going to take a few more weeks for him to get back, but there's been this war of words in college football this year, and, and we're going to talk about this at the top of the 1 o'clock hour, too, with someone who I think is very qualified to talk about this topic. His name is Dwight Vick. He is a former Virginia Tech offensive lineman for the Hokies, an all-Big East offensive lineman at Virginia Tech. If you've never listened to one of my shows here on 106.7 before, yes, he is the cousin of Michael Vick. He was the first Vick to play football at Virginia Tech and is largely responsible for Michael attending Virginia Tech. So we'll, we'll talk about a lot of different things with Dwight, including the Hokies, by the way. But this war of words, right? Deion Sanders said earlier this week that they are not actually playing for clicks. And that was, of course, in response to Oregon coach Dan Lanning's comments before Oregon went out and beat the brakes off of Colorado. And and Dion has continued to, to have some, uh, I guess, notable quotes in the media this week when he said, he said, quote, I came out the womb being booed. 
I, I thought, first of all, that's just a, a hilarious quote, right? I mean, think about the actual instance where uh, a baby would be born and the doctors and, and all the nurses, everyone in the room just starts booing the child that just came out. Absolutely absurd thing to say. But what's what's not breaking news here is that Deion Sanders has brought this entirely on himself, right? You know what else Dion has been doing since he came out of the womb? He's been talking. He's been running that mouth. And when he was playing, he actually could do a lot more, right? Because he's one of the greatest football players of all time. That's why he's wearing that gold jacket. He's got Super Bowls, and he is primetime, right, Dion? But it's a little bit different when you have to build the program. You have to be the mouthpiece, the leader. I think he is a good leader, and I think that Colorado is, is bound to win a lot more games with him than they would have won without him. But it's a trade-off, right? You're going to be brash. You're going you're gonna to have all these quotes out in, out in the media and whatnot. Well, they're going to come for your neck. And, and what Dion said after, in the immediate aftermath of that game against Oregon last week was, and it, I believe it was shortly after he acknowledged the we aren't playing for clicks comment that, that Oregon coach Dan Lanning had made. But Dion basically said, you better come for me now because I'm not going to get any worse. Right, and, and he's talking about him as a college football head coach, him and his program. This is the weakest that they would be. You would think, right, year one, brand new head coach, despite flipping the roster, 80 new players coming in, there's still a lot of things that you got to figure out. Schemes needing to be installed. Guys just need to play there for a year, get comfortable. There's, there's a lot more factors, I think, in there than, than there would be for a professional that's playing up in the, in the National Football League. And I think that there's a lot of truth to that about what Dion was saying, right? This is when you should get at him. But you can't take anything for granted in college football, right? I, I think we know that. I mean, how quickly... I think of two teams that won national championships in the early 2010s. I think of Auburn with Cam Newton. And I think of Florida State with Jameis Winston. And those were two programs, obviously, that were very good, had very good teams, very deserving of those national championships that they won. But then how quickly did it fall off, right? And both, well, Jimbo Fisher didn't get fired, but he ended up having to move on because he wanted more money over there in Texas A&M, but he wanted more control as well. They, they gave him pretty much the, the keys to the kingdom and that entire part of Texas over there when he took the A&M job. But, you know, you, you look at... Auburn in their situation and and you know they've they've had some good teams since then but they haven't really been able to get back to to the mountaintop of where they were that year with with Cam Newton. Now, you have a, a transcendent talent like that, like Cam Newton, that helps a lot, but you know, you the point being you can't take anything for granted in college football. Things can change so quickly. And and I could just run through a laundry list of things that instances where you would have thought that this team was going to have sustained success, then something happens or they lose a couple of games early on in the next season and it just doesn't end up going the way that you think it will. So I think there's a, there's a lot of truth in, in all of what Dion's saying, but you know, the, the time has already come to start backing up. And, and last week against Oregon did not back it up. This week against USC, now they're down 14 nothing. USC just put another touchdown on the board as we go to a break here. 
Caleb Williams hits Washington for a 71-yard touchdown pass. It is 14-0, number 8 USC leading Colorado on the road. We'll step aside, we'll take a quick break, we'll come back, and we'll get to some more college football. I want to look at some of the other big matchups that we've got going on across America today. So keep it locked. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. We are steamrolling through the first hour of today's show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980 today. Danny Noakes with you. Mike Marr in studio producing the show. Talking some college football games kicking off at noon. You know, I always think, too, as I'm, as I'm watching college game day, right? We're here on the East Coast, so college game day starts at 9 if you've never lived anywhere but the East Coast, it's probably something that you don't think about a whole lot, unless you work in sports and you did a lot of traveling where the time zones change and stuff like that. But college game day starts at 6 a.m. on the West Coast, right? And if we're talking mountain time here for, for a team like Colorado as they got ready to kick this game off, it kicked off at 10 a.m. <laughs> They're two hours behind us. So imagine having to get up and start tailgating for a game that early or, or to start doing pregame coverage. You know, those are the things that I always think about as, as I'm, as I'm looking at the, the slate of college football games across the country, or even the NFL games that you've got going on as well, because obviously 1 PM here, East coast is 10 AM there on the West coast. So you've got football pretty much as soon as you roll out of bed on the West coast, every single Sunday. And that's only going to get even earlier this Sunday when you talk about one of the games being played over there in London. But we're not going to get to the NFL just yet. We're talking college football here to wrap up our number one. And remember coming up at the top of our number two, we are going to talk to my good friend Dwight Vick, a former all big East offensive lineman for the Virginia Tech Hokies to get his thoughts on some of what's going on in college football, some of the better teams, and, and to get a preview of Virginia Tech's game against Pittsburgh tonight, which is probably going to be one of the worst games in Power 5 this weekend. Both Pitt and Virginia Tech, three-game losing streaks, just trying to dig themselves out of a hole. An ACC win this early in the season would sure go a long way for both of those teams. And by the way, Number 8, USC and Colorado doing battle. This game has reached the end of the first quarter. The Trojans lead the Buffaloes 14-0. Shadur Sanders just threw an interception, his first of the game. He's 9 of 12 for just 34 yards. And USC has the ball on the Colorado 8-yard line. Second and seven, a chance to take a three-touchdown lead very early on in the second quarter. It is looking a lot like Colorado is going to go the way that they went last week against Oregon, which is quietly into that dark night. Now, more college football to keep an eye on today. You've got the University of Virginia, UVA, at Boston College. That is a 2 o'clock kickoff. That's a shout-out for any 
Wahoos out there who might be listening. We'll keep an eye on that game as we move throughout the show as well because it'll kick off for the final hour of the show. You've also got number one Georgia at Auburn. That's a 3.30 kickoff. While I expect Georgia to go in there and win handily, talk about a road game in the SEC. Auburn might be a little bit better than last year. It's a game to just at least keep an eye on. One of the ranked matchups in that 3.30 window, though, number 24, Kansas at number three, Texas. The Longhorns have ascended through the ranks. The way with which their offense is plugging away this season has people actually wondering, is Texas actually back? Their final season in the Big 12 before they move on to the SEC. Also another good game later on today, number 13 LSU at number 20 Ole Miss. And my guy Mike, who's in studio producing the show, we were talking a little bit during one of the breaks about who some of our locks might be, and and we agreed on a couple here. Mike, I want to bring you in here again. Number 13 LSU, number 20 Ole Miss was where you had some of your attention focused on, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm just not a big Brian Kelly guy. You know, they're traveling to <laughs> Ole Miss. I mean, they're two-and-a-half-point favorites, but no, give me Ole Miss outright at home. That atmosphere is going to be electric, 6 o'clock on ESPN. All the eyes in the country mm. are going to be on that game. Give me Ole Miss, you know, showing out in front of their home crowd. I like that pick, dude. I like it a lot when I was looking at this slate of games, them being at home, them having a shot at Brian Kelly, who I think is very unlikable for most people that that don't play for him. I think that a lot of people would agree with your assessment that they aren't Brian Kelly people. It's funny because I remember when he was at Cincinnati and he was just kind of the upstart coach and, you know, he was just trying to get a shot at one of those big time programs. And then he gets that shot at Notre Dame. But then we really kind of get a actual look into who he is and maybe he's a little bit more unlikable than we thought, but that that's passing off judgment and, and that's not necessary to do here in this uh, setting, but I tend to agree. I, 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 he's just not a particularly likable guy. So I like that pick, Mike. I like Ole Miss there. I gave you my pick as well. Number 11 Notre Dame is at number 17 Duke. Can the Fighting Irish respond after last week's heartbreaker against Ohio State? Very frustrating, I know, for anybody watching that game. Any Notre Dame fans out there, my goodness, just having your heart ripped out like that at the very last second. Now, Duke is not exactly a household name when it comes to primetime football, right? So you do wonder how they handle the spotlight against a program like Notre Dame. But as Mike made the point when we were talking about this between segments, Duke did put a pretty good whipping on the Clemson Tigers in primetime earlier this year. And that is the sign of a, of mature, a more mature team, if you ask me. Right, head coach Mike Elko? He deserves a ton of credit for the job that he has done in turning that program around. I mean, David Cutcliffe, before Elko got there, was generally considered one of the better coaches in college football that you had maybe never heard of, right? He had coached the Mannings. He had he 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 had done a lot of things in in his tenure, even as the Duke head coach, that a lot of previous head coaches in his position were not able to do. Now, specifically talking about that matchup that his Blue Devils have here against Notre Dame, Sam Hartman, the Fighting Irish quarterback, former Wake Forest quarterback, he goes back to his home state of North Carolina to face a former rival. So I went back, I looked at some of these numbers because I thought this was interesting. But Sam Hartman's last game against Duke was last year, November 26th, that Saturday after Thanksgiving. The Wake Forest Demon Deacons 
played at Duke, and that was a heck of a game. Duke ended up winning this one 34-31. But Sam Hartman played pretty darn well. 347 yards through the air, 62% completion percentage, three touchdowns, an interception to go along with 25 yards on the ground. Those are pretty good numbers. But it came in a loss, a three-point loss to Duke. And Duke, Wake Forest, NC State, North Carolina, that's, that's kind of like, you know, the... When you think about Tobacco Road, obviously you think of UNC and Duke and you think of basketball, but those four schools generally consider themselves to all be rivals. Now, you go talk to alumni at any of those four programs and, and you're definitely going to have differing opinions on who actually belongs in that conversation, but the point I think there is well made. Sam Hartman's going to return to North Carolina where he is from for this matchup against the Blue Devils. But he knows Duke pretty well. Hartman and the Deeks also hosted Duke and beat them back in 2021 by a final score of 45-7. to But again, that was before Mike Elko's arrival in Durham. Elko got the best of, the De- of Sam Hartman and the Deeks last year. Now Sam Hartman will bring a much more talented Notre Dame team into Durham this year. What happens, we kind of just have to go out and see that one. I'm pretty pumped up about it. But if we're talking about locks laying five and a half in this game, despite being on the road, are the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I actually like Notre Dame to cover that spread. I think Sam Hartman's fantastic. I'm a big Sam Hartman guy. I was even a little bit bummed to see him leave Wake Forest because he seemed like the perfect quarterback for that program. And and Dave Clawson has also managed to keep that Wake Forest team very consistent right around 500 every now and then. They get up to eight or so wins. He He's done a good job. He's also often mentioned in some of the coaching searches that happen throughout the year. But I think he seems pretty comfortable down there in Winston-Salem coaching his Wake Forest program where he's now been there for quite some time. Obviously, another matchup that fans around here will at least keep an eye on is Pittsburgh at Virginia Tech. Both teams, as I mentioned, have lost three games in a row. You'll be able to listen to this game on 99.1 Bloomberg. 106.7, normally the flagship station of the Hokies, but tonight we also have Washington Nationals baseball. And Pittsburgh and Virginia Tech are actually playing in prime time tonight, which I don't know who made that scheduling mistake because, oh, man, these are two of the worst teams in, in Power 5 football right now. The Hokies need this win at home before they go on the road to play number 5 Florida State next week in, in a game that they're almost guaranteed to lose down there in Tallahassee. And shout out, I, I wonder if he's listening from Houston right now, but our guy Captain Todd, who is a, a very loyal listener of not just this program, but many others on 106.7 The Fan and a DC sports fan. He's also an FSU guy. We had talked earlier in the year when that matchup had been announced about me going down there to Tallahassee and Todd actually hosting us for the Tech FSU game. It's not going to happen. Logistics weren't going to work out this year. And I don't know if it would have been a whole lot of fun for us, any Hokies fans going down there with with at least the, the way that the season is going so far. But I tell you what, a win against this Pittsburgh team, and, and we're going to talk about this more with Dwight Vick here coming up at the top of the hour anyway, so I won't dive too much into it. It would really go a long, long way for the Hokies to get a win here. You know, it's it's not just the fact that they're having trouble winning games in general. They look really bad at home a lot of the time. And, and the last time they played at home was against Purdue. You had the six-hour rain delay, absolute torrential downpour throughout Blacksburg. But you lose to a Purdue team you shouldn't have lost to. There, there's just got to be some some 
the, similar to what the commanders need to show coming out here against Philadelphia on Sunday. You, you just have to prove something when, when you go out and you play the way that they did for the Hokies case the last couple of weeks, but for the commanders just last week. All right, let's get out of here. Let's step aside. We'll take a quick break. Coming up next, we talk to a former All-Big East offensive lineman for the Virginia Tech Hokies. He's my buddy, Dwight Vick. Keep it locked. You're listening to 1067 The Fan and the Team 980. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 